What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hello, welcome everyone to The Missing Link, The Chain Link. I already forgot the name of this show. I'm super professional. Everyone knows me, I hope, I think. I'm Jeremy Lambert, joined by my heterosexual life partner, Samer Katie. It's been a long time, Samer. It has been a very long time. It's actually where it all started. People don't know that, but you might want to share that with them. We go back 10 years. It's been 10 years since we started recording. Since John Jones and Rampage Jackson. (laughs) Wait, what? No, we started recording before that. Was, I thought that was our first episode, John Jones and Rampage Jackson. Oh, Rampage, not Rashad. No, oh, I'm starting yeah. to think of <laughs> to say you started out on a faux pas. I just did something a lot worse. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, John Jones and Ra- yeah, that was in the summer. That's true. Yeah. yeah, that was our first event, 2011. Yes, very long time ago, guys. We appreciate you uh, hanging out with us here on here on a Thursday. So, for people that don't know, and I assume that's almost everybody here. Uh, this is my buddy Samer, who used to write for 411 Mania, who used to uh, do podcasts with me on 411 and uh, Five Ounces of Pain. We used to do a lot of MMA podcasts together, a ton of MMA podcasts together. And then you got a real job, and I did. <laughs> I never did. I never got a real job, so I do this shit for a living. Well, I mean, you came off far, far better. <laughs> you, you you've been a you've been a law student for a decade. <laughs> uh i wish i could go back to that yes uh so we used to to do a bunch of podcasts together and samer is a longtime wrestling fan who has really been out the game right like when 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 would you say you last kind of followed it closely on a week-to-week basis yeah or at least like a month-to-month basis where you would like oh what's the pay-per-view tonight who's wrestling type of thing i would say i stopped keeping up with the weekly product around early 20, 2009. Okay. And around later that year is when I stopped trying to make it a point to keep up with the pay-per-views and stuff. I mean, maybe I would like read a report every now and then, but yeah. You would, you would sometimes message me and be like, Oh, there's a show tonight. Like who's wrestling. Right. Type of thing. Yeah. I, I didn't completely stop watching after that. Like I still watched the WrestleManians and stuff for like, five six years after that and like whenever there would be like a great match would tell me about it i would watch uh i went through an nxt phase i think back when it was like really good so i was i would just watch um the takeover shows i think that's what they were called and for at least two three years now i haven't watched like any wrestling any new wrestling so Samer is he grew up an attitude era kid uh as he said hasn't watched much so my idea for this show is we're going to take an old kind of classic match that Samer may or may not be familiar with. I think for the most part, you're going to, because you're picking the classic matches. So I think for the most part, you're going to pick matches uh, that, that you've seen and are pretty familiar with. And right. it is my, my job to pick something newer that is relatable to, to the match that you pick. Um, and I might have some help with it, with the chat on some stuff of what they might want to see, but basically what we're going to do is we're going to watch both matches. We've already watched both matches. We're going to review them. We're going to link them together and we're going to kind of get Samer's thoughts on 
where wrestling is sort of nowadays uh, compared to to back then and how it's evolved, how it maybe hasn't evolved, and just sort of what he's seeing nowadays because you are very much a, a lapsed fan. You don't keep up with it outside of yeah. you see my headlines and you pop for those, right. but otherwise you're you're just not into wrestling at all. So you are a, a Bret Hart fan. We used to ask uh, our guests, Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels, and I you were I feel like you were like me to where like you liked Sean back in the day, but then you had the growing appreciation for Brett. As as far as like from a Mark's perspective, I've always been Team Brett. Um, you know, like the Canadian connection for a while as well was was part of it. Uh, lived there for a while, uh, but I would say that I was kind of on Team Sean as far as like, oh yeah, like he's you know the more exciting wrestler probably puts on like by and large the better matches and stuff. Um, but I've always been like a Brett Mark. However, I would say over time, and I feel like this has kind of been the consensus, like people, myself included, have grown to appreciate Brett more and more. Um, the more removed we were from his retirement, which is kind of odd because he really hasn't done anything except for the like that WrestleMania appearance, which doesn't really count. Uh, but over time, I feel like, I've, yeah, I, w- I would agree that I've grown to appreciate his matches even more. Does, and does I, Sean... I guess... Does Sean's Saudi appearance not count then? If you if you're not counting Brett's WrestleMania appearance, um, <laughs> I actually have not seen uh, that those tag matches. He's appeared in a couple, right? No, he just did the. He just said you haven't watched that. I remember I forced you to watch Undertaker and Goldberg. Yes, that you did, <laughs> that, and and no regrets. I I remember. Well, funny story. You kept telling me. You kept bugging me about it literally for months. Like, we're talking, yeah. you know, two, three, four months, nonstop. And it's just like a, it was a 10-minute match or whatever. And for whatever reason, I just wouldn't make it a point to watch it. And then the one night I finally decided to, and we were supposed to watch it, like, at the same time and FaceTime and whatever. And we were super hyped. Jeremy no-showed. I was in a different place in my life where I couldn't do as much of those things as I would like to have. Uh, you just do. You were the Scott <laughs> Hall to my Kevin Nash. <laughs> Fair. But yes, I did no show. But then like a couple of days later, we got around to, to yeah. watching it together. No regrets. That was fantastic. Uh, what a, what a tremendous match. That was back in Nam, back in the Nam days with Undertaker and Goldberg. That was a war brother. Uh <laughs> We we might have to watch that Sean Triple H Undertaker Kane Saudi match. Oh, hey, is that hey, who they were wrestling against? Yeah, that's what. It was. Oh, okay, then yeah, let, let's watch it for sure. <laughs> uh, guys, leave your super chats. Leave your leave your humper chats. We have a thing called humper chats, Sammer. Uh, I'm afraid to ask what that is. <laughs> uh, my my boss Sean Rossap came up with it. He. I don't know if you've seen him, but you've probably seen me interact with him a little bit. Right. He likes yeah. he likes a lot of cock, so he likes humping and he likes cock. <laughs> All right. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm there. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Although I feel like I'm missing a particular joke here. But he's, he's, sure. he called himself the Dong Lord. This is this man's nickname. <laughs> that Dong I was Lord. not aware of. I've never yeah. seen that on Twitter. Maybe he tries to keep it professional on Twitter. No, hell no. Okay. No. He's, he's the furthest thing from professional. On then I should, I should pay. I mean, yeah. You, you said your boss allowed you to be you, so I should assume that 
you know, professional would not be top of the list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, guys, send your super chats in. Like our like our good friend, our buddy, our pal, JJ, has held on my favorite big star. I'm excited for what the future holds for FIFA. Overbooked. Love you, man. Welcome, Samurai. Thanks, JJ. JJ is always supporting. That's the, yeah, I've, I've right followed him on Twitter for a while. He's He's always been cool. Yes, you guys talk uh, the the soccer, which yeah, we talk about non-American sports. Uh, we do. He's he's a Man United fan, so no, I don't know. Nobody in the chat cares, but he's Change a Man United. For it. I don't know about any of this soccer nonsense. I like the juice because of you. That's it. That's right. That's who you should like. Of course, <laughs> the juice being Juventus, and that's another wrestling inside joke. Um, that and I've been I've been referring to that team as the Juice since, which is terrible because I've been a fan since I was six, way before I learned who Hoovy the Juice was. He came back last year. He wrestled Jericho. See, that's the kind of stuff you should send me, not like Goldberg and the Undertaker. <laughs> I mean, this is pretty comparable to Goldberg and the Undertaker. <laughs> now that you say that, I can kind of imagine it. Uh, and our buddy Frank says FIFA 2.0. Let's fucking go! Come on, Frank. We're better than than 2.0. I'm gonna shorten. I'm gonna shorten everybody's name. Frank is just Frank now. Everyone's name is just shortened. All right, that's it. Um, Samer, you're just Samer. We're gonna, I we're mean, gonna go all caps. I'm gonna give you a. Uh, I won't make terrorist jokes that I make with you. Otherwise, uh, we're gonna give you one of those names. And. Did you- <laughs> Did you say terrorist joke? Here's the story. Here's the story. So do you know the wrestler Walter? Have you heard of this man? No. Okay. I don't know. I Yeah, he wasn't around during your... You might have seen one of his NXT matches. You never watched NXT UK. Um, but his name was Walter, all caps. And they trademarked this name called Gunther Stark. And if you Google Gunther Stark, he is a Nazi commander. And apparently no one in WWE Googled Gunther Stark. And they just decided to to rename him just Gunther. But this man is well-established as Walter. He's a former NXT UK champion and everything. Like, very well-established as Walter. They're just like, we're going to change his name to Gunther. And it seemed like their plan was to call him Gunther Stark before there was a lot of backlash that, hey, this is the name of a Nazi commander. Maybe don't do that. Adolf was taken. <laughs> I guess so. Adolf, all caps. Good. So is is this recent? The Walter literally stuff? like two days ago. Yes. Oh, very recent. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's been, they abandoned the filing today. They filed for the trademark. I think on January thirteenth. Walter announced his new name on Tuesday, and they abandoned the the trademark yesterday. I think so. Yes, it's it's very recent stuff. This actually, I mean, the, the application might have actually gotten rejected anyway. If no, no, no. it was, it was, it's listed as abandoned, not not like rejected. No, I'm saying if they hadn't abandoned it, like once oh. it would move to examination, it would have might have been um, rejected anyway. Although this is the U.S., so fifty fifty. <laughs> uh, our buddy Plugo says new venture is going to hump kill it, guys. Thanks, Plugo. Appreciate you, pal. All right, let's get into this. Let's start with Bret Hart against the one, two, three kid. Very famous match from Raw, July 1994. Bret Hart is the, the champion at the time. One, two, three kid. Not not super established at this point. And Bret just wanted to go out there and have a great match with him. And the, the famous opening spot is the arm drag where Bret gives the little look yeah. like, oh, all right, you got me on that one. And then it, 
123 kid uses a lot of his speed to to get the advantage on Brett, and Brett slows things down a lot with with a lot of strikes, a lot of lifters, a lot of forearms to the back of the head, and then it, it picks up. But there is the false finish where kid's foot is on the ropes, and so they uh, restart the match. Brett Brett wants the match restarted, and then they they go into some more high risk stuff and. It all backfires on one, two, three, kid. Where he try, he goes to the top rope. He goes for. I'm assuming what is a missile drop kick. Brett catches him in the sharpshooter, and that that is the finish. What were your thoughts rewatching this match, and how much of it did you remember? I remembered the key parts. Uh, I remember obviously the opening spot. I remember the false finish, the finish itself, and kind of like the the whole feel of the match, but not any particular aspects beyond that. So, and I hadn't seen it for at least a couple of years, three, four years ago. I, I just a quick disclaimer. I don't keep up with modern wrestling, but I do like go back and watch some of my favorite matches from back in the day. So, you know, Bret Hart matches kind of like I've always, every now and then I would have a refreshing, kind of like a refresher. Um, watching it again, like first thing I noticed, and obviously the opening spot kind of established that, but I, I love like sort of, the game faces they had on where it wasn't anything over the top, too serious, you know, too intense, but it was like, all right, we're wrestling. It it felt like a legitimate competition as far as like the body languages go. And that's like one thing I've always loved about Brett. Um, You know, it's, it's the cliche to say he took it seriously, but you know, the way he, he went on about these matches kind of like gave them credibility and legitimacy. Um, one two like he it's obviously everybody's talked about it. Sean Waltman's talked about it a lot as far as like Brett really making him shine and stuff. But I love that like one two three kid didn't get that much offense consistently, but it, but like whenever he would you know kind of make a comeback and stuff, Brett just made him look absolutely great. And to to like Waltman's credit. His stuff looked really good, especially back then. He was, I think he was leaner than he went on to become later on in the Attitude Era. So, like, a lot of his stuff felt quicker, felt like a legitimate cruiserweight, rather than, you know, some of the stuff from the DX era. Um, And to, 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 like, go back to the match itself, I love that it was really a simple match when you think about it. Like, a simple TV match. Babyface versus babyface, but they didn't do anything super complicated. They There weren't any, like, super over-the-top spots, anything that would make you, like, go, like, whoa. But at the same time, they kind of, like, would, would keep your attention for the entirety of the match. And a good, clean finish. He tapped out quickly, which I like, uh, you know, being an MMA fan and all. And just really loved the overall sort of approach to the match. It it it's a it's kind of like a typical Brett match, but it's just kind of amazing how he always managed to find nuances within these matches to make him feel different. And uh, I love that about it. What'd you make of the false finish? Because I, I admit I completely forgot the and I, I guess it's a false finish, but the restart finish. And we're gonna talk about CM Punk Darby Allen here in a second. What's kind of funny is the match before. CM Punk, Darby Allen on on this pay per view was Chris Jericho, who I know you're familiar with, 
and MJF, who I don't think you're very familiar with, uh, they did this same thing. They did the foot on the rope finish. The guy thought he had the victory. In this case, it was the heel who thought he had the victory. He thought he ended Chris Jericho's career until the referee came out and was like, hey, no, this actually happened, and they restarted the match, and then Jericho won this. Sort of similar, but different. Of They did that same finish, but it was you know two baby faces pulling it off. Right, I think that's what I liked about it. it. It wasn't so much the like the finish itself because it was kind of like a an odd slam that it wasn't like a very impactful maneuver or whatever. But I liked that Brett kind of was you know like showed the sportsmanship aspect. It's kind of established like the face versus face thing, and it kind of established that he was gaining respect for you know one two three kid as the match progressed. And we see that with the actual finish afterwards where, you know, he would, like, pat him on the back, shake his hand and stuff. Um, I know it's a typical way to sort of establish a baby face, but I kind of liked it. It was it was thrown in there. It's kind of unexpected. Um, I remember, like, as soon as it happened, I was like, oh, yeah, all right. But whenever I would think about the match in the past, I it wasn't that false finish or whatever you want to call it. It wasn't something that necessarily stood out to me. But rewatching it, I felt like while maybe not necessarily absolutely necessary, to me it added to it a little bit. It added to the story as far as like, oh, this kid, you know, is is gaining Brett's respect, and Brett kind of like wants, you know, he really wants a, a definitive finish. He wants it to be legit, and you know, which kind of like uh, paved the way for the eventual comeback and and the finish. So I liked it. I thought it added to the match. And then, so so Bret Hart gets the victory. As you said, they they showed the respect. Afterwards, everyone happily ever after in this babyface versus babyface match. Uh, our pal Ryan Sullivan, my God, I just want to show the support for you guys and all the awesome on the way. Thanks, Ryan. We appreciate you, buddy. Everyone, uh, everyone say thank you to Ryan. Just be nice in the chat. Everyone be nice to each other, all right? Usually I'm yelling at the chat. I'm telling the chat's them they acting all suck. Up. Nah, you, usually the chat sucks. Like, I'm gonna be honest. Like, usually I'm I'm burying the chat. They're horrible. They're being very friendly today. Everyone's excited for the new venture and everything. So for oh, today, they're taking it easy on the new guy. Yeah, that's probably true. Like, once once you once you get more comfortable and you're you're here every every so often, they'll start burying you and yelling at you and stuff. And then I'll have to fucking kick them in the head. So. That's that's what I have to do. The chat, fucking. Well, it it, it kind of it fits the theme of the baby faces and baby face match, <laughs> where the chat is being uh, civilized. Yeah, they're being friendly today. Uh, so Brett wins, and that, that's going to kind of lead us into the the kind of the real meat of this show, which is getting Samer kind of caught up and his thoughts on the the more modern age of, of wrestling. By the way, guys, if you have not seen Bret Hart against uh, One Two Three Kid. Everyone, everyone go check that out. It's if you have seen CM Punk and, and Darby Allen, you will you'll very quickly see why these two are linked together. Um, I will 100% kick Joel, uh, JJ. So CM Punk, Darby Allen. I know you're familiar <coughs> with CM Punk because you, you're watching a little bit or at least keeping up with it enough when, when he stepped away in 2014. Uh, and I explained to you that this was his first match back you did not realize that when i when i told you about no. this match you did not know that this was his full-on first match back so this was his first match back darby allen you had no idea who who he was 
Uh, and I explained to you that drawn a lot of comparisons to, to Jeff Hardy because of his, his Darede- Daredevil style, Daredevil lifestyle. If you watched the opening video package, you saw some of the, the crazy shit that he does jumping off bridges and everything. Yeah, uh, dude, it, for, just for a second, I was like, is that really him? So I'm asking yes. you that. Was that really him? Oh, yeah, wow. 100%. Yeah, yeah he, he does a bunch of just like – there's one segment on Dynamite where he is just tossed down a flight of steps. Like concrete steps just tossed down and it's fine. I mean, you saw some of the bumps he took in this yeah. match. A, that, that is nothing compared to some of the other stuff he he does. So, yeah, he – Darby Allen, bless him, he he's an insane person. Um, so I, I, I caught you up to speed on Darby Allen and – I told you the backstory on this was babyface versus babyface. Punk's first match back. He came in. He wanted to wrestle Darby Allen. It's a, it's as simple as that. Get a lot of comparisons to Brett and Waltman. And that babyface versus babyface, Brett pretty much chose Waltman. as like, hey, let me go out there. Let's just do this match. Punk, very similar thing here. And it shows right on the open when Punk does the uh, gets the arm drag. And it's just like, hmm, all right. He got me there. And I'm I'm sure, especially watching. I know you didn't watch them back to back, but I'm sure you caught that that little. Oh line. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and then, as far as like match layout and structure, pretty similar structure in that Darby uses a lot of his his speed and quickness to try to get the advantage on Punk, while Punk really slows things down with uh you know he's using abdominal stretches, he's using headlocks and everything, so he's trying to slow the pace down a little bit. Darby is trying to trying to pick things up. They even have the it's not a it's not a full callback to the spot, but in Brett and Waltman, they do the uh superplex that's turned into a crossbody. And in this match, they do the back superplex that's turned into a crossbody. So they they work in some similar spots there. The the finish in this match does see Punk hit the it's a it's a roll through, hit the GTS on Darby for the pin. What stood out to you in this match and then as far as comparisons to Brett and Waltman. Yeah, honestly, when you when you s- suggested this match and then explained that there would be some uh, similarities, I was, uh, I wouldn't say skeptical, but I was like curious to see what they would be because on the surface of all the Brett matches, like Brett versus one, two, three kid, you, there's not much that you'd think, oh, you know, throw back to that 30 years later and everybody would get it, you know? It wasn't like one of the most memorable sort of moments match in, in Brett's career. Rather, it's looked at as like a great match altogether. But definitely like reading between the lines, some some stuff was obviously very obvious, like the arm drag into like Punk sort of like, you know, grimacing and, and shrugging like, oh, like this dude is legit. Obviously, that was, I think, a very clear sort of uh, yes. homage. Um, but the rest... I, I agree with you. Like, for, even in terms of like match duration, it was actually f- fairly similar. Uh, you had a clean finish. You had also like it was tidy in a very similar way to how uh, One Two Three Kid and Brett was tidy in the sense that like not a lot of brawling outside, not a lot of like super insane spots. Um, it was wrestling, and then you know they start out slow with the methodical pace, which I love. Like. Uh, we, you and I spoke about this a lot and you know kind of like what my favorite style of wrestling is. And I love sort of this match structure where you start out slow with the typical wrestling maneuvers and counters and then you, you sort of like build up uh, the rest of the match. And 
Darby, it helps that like one, two, three kid, like his actual style is cool. His moves are impactful. The whole speed thing, which the the commentators kept referencing, um, you could clearly see that with Punk, especially returning after a seven-year layoff, trying to slow him down. Um, I've seen Punk pretty much for his entire career, except the last few years in, in WWE. And I was honestly kind of very interested in seeing what he would look like because he had looked pretty beat up when he initially quit in 2013, like it, it looked like he was, he was done. And seven years later, he, he definitely delivered a great match without needing to do anything super athletic, which is, I feel like it's, it's very similar to Brett in that whenever I think of Brett Hart and how we were robbed of kind of like the tail end of his career, Brett isn't necessarily a guy that relies on, exceptional athleticism or anything. So there was no reason to believe he wouldn't be able to have great matches in the early 2000s uh, against many of the guys he could have had great matches against. Um, And watching Punk do that is kind of, it's kind of, I don't want to call it vindication because it's, you know, we're talking about two different wrestlers, but you can kind of get an idea of what that would have looked like. And I think it was a very smart match by Punk. I mean, provided he was the one that laid it out. Um, it was a very smart match to wrestle. Um, and drawing inspiration from the Brett match is it, definitely, like, it was a wise choice. I liked, I would say this, every time you would tell me about a modern wrestling match and I would watch, I would love the match but tell you the finish fell flat. I love the finish. Because they didn't overdo the whole, like, counter into a counter into a counter thing where, you know, it's a near fall after a near fall and in the end it's like, well, okay, I mean, just wrap it up already. And then whatever finish would happen in the end would be like, oh, well, that pinned them. I thought, you know, that, like, pile driver off the top rope would have done it. You know what I mean? So there wasn't, like, a thousand kickouts um, out of finishers and stuff. And I, I really loved that. And it was very smooth, uh, the transitions into, like, the eventual go to sleep. Um, it was a very, like, tidy, great match, nothing sloppy, it it made a lot of sense. You, I mean, I would say this about myself. You didn't need to be um, familiar with both contestants to appreciate. Like, I felt like I left this match knowing who Darby Allen is to an extent, of course, and like what his style is about. And I I left the match feeling like, oh, okay, like Punk could still go. And it was a very smartly laid out match. I would I would imagine Punk laid out the the majority of this match just because of it was very much a a CM Punk match. And the story was after seven years, can CM Punk still hang with a guy like Darby Allen, who he has a lot of respect for as a former TNT champion in the company. And it is a different style than than CM Punk, a different style than he's very much used to, used to wrestling in, in WWE. And again, it's been seven years, like a lot has changed in, in seven years. So I'd imagine Punk laid out the majority of this and I, I was there live for this show and I remember watching it live and thinking there was a lot of crazy stuff on the show. There's a cage match that many people consider to be the best uh the best match of the year. Um so there's a lot of crazy stuff on this show and this was certainly a change of pace from what just about everything else was and I thought it worked very smartly and I knew there was the the punk and Waltman comparisons um after the match because I just I saw a lot of that stuff rewatching it. I didn't realize just how similar it was until you watch it like, like back to back like that. And you mentioned like the time 
Uh, Punk and Waltman went 1735, and Brett and Darby went 1640. So they're within a minute of each other there. And layout and structure, very, very similar. What was your takeaway as someone who has never seen Darby Allen before? What was your takeaway for him? Um, his, I mean, you, when you sort of gave me a, like the quick, uh, sort of, um, scouting report on him, you, you obviously mentioned the Jeff Hardy, uh, comparisons. I thought his stuff looked much crisper than Jeff. It would look to me and, and granted, this is very unfair off of one match, but it would look to me like he's sort of like a better, probably a more versatile worker than, than, um, than Jeff, who doesn't necessarily have to strictly rely on, on like bumping and selling all over the place. Because like Jeff is at his best when he's selling. And don't get me wrong, like Darby had to do plenty of that this match. But like his stuff was crisp. Everything just looked so sort of on point. The timing was great. When he sold, he sold well. Um, and his stuff also looked cool. Like it looked modern, it looked cool. And he, even like his his whole appearance is, is kind of it's interesting you can't like he kind of forces you to take notice the video package like you said did a good job of sort of you know uh laying it out a little bit at least and i thought he had really good chemistry with punk and Gra- of course this was their first match ever and they they clicked and it, it felt to me like it felt to me like he really understood what kind of match needed to happen and I felt like he he didn't – at no point did I feel it was anything too much. It always felt like he was within sort of um, – not really going over the sort of the speed limit at any point. But he, I could kind of get the, the feeling that he probably has another gear or two as far as like kicking up the – you know, whether the risk-taking, the insanity, whatever oh, you want to yeah. call it. So Man, that's – was- this is a very tame Darby Allen match. Right. For, it it for felt like he shit. was subdued. Even though I'd never seen him before, it felt like he was kind of subdued. And then I mean, I mean that as a compliment. He he took I think his his craziest bump in this match was when he goes through the turnbuckle, yeah. through the corner turnbuckle into the post. Like that's just an insane bump to try to take. He does the the coffin drop to the outside, which or not the, not the he does the swanton to the outside, yeah. which very similar to the callback of, of Waltman doing the, the, the senton to the outside. He hit it a lot better than Waltman. Waltman overshot the hell uh, on that thing in the Brett match. And then yeah, he does, he does the coffin drop. The, Darby will do, he will do that coffin drop move that Punk sat up on. He'll do that on the, the ring apron. He did it through a casket in one match. He, I, I told you about, he just tossed down a flight of steps. Like he will take some insane bones. He took one last night where he comes running out of the ramp uh, and the guy's on, on a table and he just launches himself. The thing, uh, you saw it in this match, the the, the Tobe Suicida, the suicide dive that he does through the ropes, he just launches himself like a projectile missile into the opponent. And it looks fantastic. Like, it looks tr- tremendous. And honestly, everybody else should stop doing it because Darby's looks so good. Uh, he does that every single match. Yeah, JJ's mentioned the the Cracker Barrel match. He, you know the big like Cracker Barrel barrel. Yep. He took that and he put that on his back. Did the coffin drop onto ring steps. He will take some insane bumps. This was certainly a because it was just a straight up singles match. He didn't have to do all that. And again, I, this was very much a CM Punk structured match of like 
we ain't got to do all this crazy stuff. I'm still going to let you be Darby Allen and like do some of this stuff, but you don't have to go out there and, and fling yourself off uh, off of uh, all the top rope and, you know, all over the arena for, for this. Like we're going to work a, a smart kind of methodical pace here. And, and I think that was the correct call by, by Punk. And it was, it showcased Darby in a different light than a lot of his matches. Uh, a match against MJF kind of kind of did something similar. But I think this match really showed for a lot of fans who are used to Darby just doing kind of his insane sort of stuff, that he does kind of have a different pace and, and a different style when when he wants uh, when he wants to pull that out in this match. And then Punk, we know the the Brett like Brett has called him the best overall worker today. I, we know Brett's a big fan. We know Punk's a big fan of Brett. Like this. He recently did the the diesel spot with with a guy named Wardlow. Uh, he got powerbombed through the table, and then Wardlow was gonna powerbomb him again, and Punk just like went limp, and then he hit him with the the small package for the victory. There's a lot of uh, Brett influence in Punk, especially in this AEW run, and then in this match, again, we saw it with the the Waltman stuff. What did you think? You mentioned that Punk. He looked burnt out at the end of 2013, 2014, and he's he's admitted that. You said that he he definitely looked a little bit more more motivated in this one. Like, what did you sort of expect from from Punk as someone who watched him a decent amount when when his run was his run, and then seven years later in a completely different style against a completely different opponent? I like that he. He was still punk, but he was like veteran punk. You know what I mean? Like he was, he was still kind of like, I don't want to say necessarily in this match arrogant, but he was still confident. Like you know, when he moved out of you call it the coffin drop and like yeah. just kind of like smiled and and like oh like I got him. Like it was kind of like a nod, like oh like I've I've watched some tape. You know what I mean? Like he he has those subtleties. Say what you want about CM Punk, but like he he gets wrestling. And he's a huge wrestling fan, and like he's he's a he's he clearly watches old wrestling and, and tries to see how he can incorporate that into his game. So it was like it was a mature punk, maybe that's that's like one way to put it. And I like that about him. I feel like it was the maybe not the only, but definitely the best credible approach he could have taken on his return after seven years, especially on his return to a different company. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't, oh, I'm back in WWE and I have a score to settle or, oh, this is my home. You know, the cliched nonsense that everybody says whenever they're back. So I actually really liked the approach and I felt it gelled with the kind of match he was trying to have. So, like, the demeanor and the style of wrestling and, like, how he approached the opponent very strategically, very methodically, very Brett-like, I thought was was perfect. So I... Honestly, like if 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 I were to be interested in watching wrestling again, um, I always thought it would be you know the newer guys. But I'd definitely be more interested in, in seeing you know what what Punk ended up doing in later matches because as far as like uh, it's not quite a debut, but I mean it's an AEW debut. It it, it went about as as perfectly as it could have, all the way to the finish in like everything. He he really looked. And I feel like the, the kind of match he tried to have also, or he managed to have, also helped sort of mitigate any risks of him being, you know, maybe out of time a little bit, missing some some spots and stuff like that. So it was it was all very much contained, and, and that worked out great. 
I'm going to recommend to you uh, CM Punk against Eddie Kingston from from Full Gear. You you uh you mentioned this to me the the Eddie Kingston promo where you saw yeah. this and you were yeah. like. I, that guy should win. You thought he should beat CM Punk, and then a lot of people thought that uh, with with uh, with Eddie Kingston and CM Punk. I don't know. If, you never watched that match, did you? No, I actually don't know who won. All okay. I remember is seeing that promo on Twitter and and texting you. I don't know who this Eddie Kingston dude is, <laughs> but he should win that match. <laughs> yeah, you were not the only person to to share that sentiment. I, I mean, before that promo, but certainly after that promo of like Eddie Kingston should, should definitely win this match. Watch that match. Uh, it's not going to be related to anything, but you should just you should just check it out because it's. It's a very good CM Punk match, but if you are unfamiliar with, with Eddie Kingston, especially his in-ring work, like you'll have a, a certain appreciation for him after this match. So, uh, yeah, well, check out check out that match. It's from it's from Full Gear 2021. I'll I'll, I'll send you a link to it. Uh, yeah, I'll watch. There, but that, it doesn't have the another... hook of of being like a reference to one of my favorite wrestlers. But I'll is there like a Kevin Nash spot in there? Then I'll I'll definitely <laughs> jump all over that right now. Um, I mean, all right, it doesn't seem I'm like it, but that's okay. Very, I don't think there's a Kevin Nash spot. <laughs> well, only be, that's because only Kevin Nash can do Kevin Nash. That's true. I was gonna equate the the. I didn't want to like spoil anything off of the match. I was gonna equate something to uh, a bump, but. Now I I'll watch. I'll, I'll just watch it. Yes, it, it's it's a tremendous tremendous match. You, you should definitely check that out. Uh, but Punk's whole run in AEW has been very good. People people were complaining early that it's been like a little subdued because he was just like wrestling guys. And I I had a very similar complaint. Is it wasn't so much that I had an issue with it. I was waiting for like the meat of CM Punk because people who know CM Punk like know when you you he digs into a story like he can really dig into it. You know what I mean? Like when he first came back, it was just very happy go lucky. I'm just happy to be here. Let me just wrestle a bunch of guys, CM Punk. And like, he was having good matches with all these guys, but I was waiting for him to like really dig into a story. And we started to see that with Kingston. We're seeing that now with, with uh, he's feuding with MJF and we're starting to really see uh, that CM Punk come out that I think people you know have have wanted to see now that all quote unquote like the honeymoon phase is over but you mentioned like he still had that confidence like that kind of cocky brash arrogance like when he sat up and was like oh yeah yeah like I'm here I I know what I'm doing but him him coming into the the territory uh we weren't sure how it was going to go I know a lot of people were worried like oh how committed is he to wrestling if he stepped away for seven years and this is what he uh he came back for you know is is he coming back for just a payday is he really committed to everything and he's certainly uh he's certainly proven that he is 100% committed uh to 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 AEW and, and to making this the the best run of his career so uh, you picked up on a lot of the, the stuff like early on it, with the, just with this match that to show like yeah he's back and he's he's trying to reestablish himself as the best in the world i think with punk like anybody who's listened to him talk about wrestling outside of wrestling and, and listened to his interviews and stuff and granted he, he did say some insane shit after he left he said a lot of shits some of it good some of it cringeworthy <laughs> some of it insane but i feel like it was a safe bet that if punk were to ever return 
after all this time that he would be committed? I feel like it's it's fair to question because seven years is a very long time in pro wrestling, a very, very long time. But I feel like hearing about the kind of guy he is as far as like his dedication and his passion and how, you know, he clearly had lost a lot of his passion for wrestling when he when he had uh, originally. Why are you laughing? I mean, he's made the walk, Samer. So <laughs> I forgot really... about his MMA. Dude, I swear <laughs> I had completely forgotten about his MMA run. Uh, oh, what was... 0-2, oh baby. 0-2. Oh Did he fight two no, or three he's, times? No, he's technically 0-1 he's technically oh with no, one no contest. Why, his opponent test positive or something? Yeah, for, for uh, marijuana. So <laughs> I mean, how changed. else are you going to beat the great CM Punk? If you're <laughs> so not that, got out of his mind? that got changed to a no contest. Did they, did they really still do that? Where yeah. uh, I guess that would, I mean, they probably still. Where you forfeit a match? If, I mean, they did it with Diaz and Gomi, right? Where when yeah. Diaz beat him. and But that was way back when. Oh, uh, well. It's just, I just find it funny that, like, the NBA doesn't even test for marijuana now. But, you know, a guy beat up another guy's like oh well you did it because you're i get you got stoned at some point <laughs> you move so you move slower when you're high like you gotta you gotta think about things more i feel like you should be awarded two wins if you <laughs> two high. Wins. i mean if you see him bugs your opponent one win is already way too much let's be honest <laughs> so um he, he didn't have to be high for that fight like that stuff stays yeah. in the system for 40 days i know that I from he... a friend of course but you know, I think like, he was he was testing himself to to be high for that fight. He's like, let me see if I can win this fight while everything around me is in more like slow motion and he's moving at real speed. Like I he was like testing himself. High. Yeah. Oh, it came out positive. <laughs> uh, he's made the walk, Samer. I forgot. Honestly, I I generally thought like see for some reason I I completely blocked that out of my memory and, and for me like CM Punk just spent seven years complaining on podcasts and stuff and like feuding <laughs> in real life with his former best friend and then like he decided to come back like he would tweet about his wife and and hockey and stuff and then he decided to come back I had completely blocked the MMA stuff out of my memory but yeah three fights do oh sorry two fights like whew, that's I can't remember, hold on, the, the name of his first opponent. Um, it was something super generic. What was his name? Dude, I think the second opponent was like Mike Jackson. That one was Well, that's generic, generic enough, yeah. Yeah, I forget I forget the name of his, his first opponent. Some, somebody in the chat will, will have it. I'm going to yeah. read Ricardo's uh, comment. So they get high all day and still move normally. Depends uh, you and me both, high. buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Sam already told me before this. He's like, I'm not high for this. I was like, well, this is the first. <laughs> I got to be professional. You can't show up like that first day to work. Hey, <laughs> when Scott Hall inv- invaded Nitro, do you think he was drunk? When he invaded? Oh, no, maybe not the invasion. Dude, uh... he was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Just like not Scott Hall drunk. Like, that's what people need to understand. Like, there's, right. you know, when you reach a certain point, yeah. Mickey Gall, there you go. That Mickey, was yeah, that's who he was. Yeah, yeah, that's that's who he was. Yeah, that's not super generic. I mean, it's, it feels like a very Irish name. But uh, yeah, the second opponent was Mike Jackson. That's a... I mean, his opponent's name is CM Punk. Anything is generic compared <laughs> to that. <laughs> CM Punk was fighting uh, under the name CM Punk, right? Or was it like his whole name and like CM Punk, like Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Uh, 
Phil, whatever Punk's name is, or was it just CM Punk? Oh, I'm pretty sure it was CM Punk. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty. Why sure not? Was... Yes. Uh, a tremendous MMA. He yeah, still does but... commentary. Punk does for MMA. For MMA? Yeah. For which promotion? Uh, Legacy, Legacy Fighting Championships. Oh, CM Punk. I can imagine CM Punk being a decent commentator. Honestly, like he's he's good on the mic in pretty much any context. And like, he, like, God. I mean, he's he's doing commentary for a promotion nobody's heard of. Uh, it can't be as as bad as his fighting. And since he hashtag made the walk, then he's got the <laughs> credibility to do it. No one's gonna get the made the walk joke. So oh, that's when when Joe Rogan was very like dismissive of CM Punk and rolling his eyes on the air and stuff because you know it's it's CM Punk and whatever. And Ariel Hawani, I guess people know who that is, like top MMA journalist, uh, got really mad at that, and he yeah. said, "Unless you've made the walk, you cannot criticize a fighter." <laughs> that's right. So. And this is why I can't criticize wrestlers. I've never taken a bump. I have taken a bump. That's why I. That's why you've I said taken I many bumps. Like I your have. ass was hurting for three days one time. <laughs> uh, I can't. I'll never top that moment. So I don't even try anymore. But yeah, I did I take a bump should. on one of the shows just to just to say I did it. So I'll be like, all right, look, I can criticize you wrestling people. I've taken my bump. Didn't didn't CM Punk like decide to just print out as his opponent like? At the opening bell, one in his debut, like he just rushed him, oh. right? He just ran at him and got taken down. Yeah, taken and, down. <laughs> yeah, fantastic strategy. He was going for I the mean, flying knee. You know, he hit the he hit the big corner knee in the match against Hardy. He does. He that. didn't follow up with a bulldog though. Yeah, isn't that yeah. the combination? That that is the combination. Yeah, I think he did it because I mean, ultimately, if you make the walk, then you got to make the run. So it only makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> Uh, which match was better between these two for you? Well, honestly speaking, I feel like in isolation, probably the Punk Darby match just is is a, a tad more exciting in terms of you know the finish and some of the modern stuff because and especially towards like in, in sort of. Um, the final chapter of matches kind of it's, it's always now, especially between like really good technical wrestlers or wrestlers that are, you know, very gifted. I, I spoke about it when I was talking about the match, like you do, you know, the reversal thing and like a counter to the counter and you keep, and, and that stuff is cool. Like Benoit and Angle started doing it way back when, and, and like guys kicked it up a notch throughout and, and that stuff holds up well. And as I said, like they didn't overdo it. I would say, though, it does the fact that we're even comparing. And if somebody were to say, you know, Brett and, and Sean Waltman was a better match, like I'm, I'm not arguing. But the fact that we're even like discussing this between two very similar matches, 25 years apart or whatever, it really says a lot about how much of Brett's stuff still holds up after all these years. Despite the fact that he never really was Shawn Michaels in terms of just like bumping around and, and flying around. And doing anything too insane, he was always sort of like within himself when he's wrestling. It was he's very much like a thinking man out there. And Brett always spoke about how he would like lay out matches backstage, like not backstage, like lay out matches ahead of time, and not just go out there and like call a match unless you know British Bulldog is there and forgets every spot. But so like it, it's really a testament 
you weren't going to have me on, on this and, and like not have me go on a, a like a five minute Bret Hart love fest. So I'm going to do that now. Uh, <laughs> I mean, really literally the, the, the girlfriend messaged you and was like, here, you're doing a Bret Hart podcast with Jeremy. And that's how the ball got rolling. That's right. That's before we even agreed that we were going <laughs> to yeah. review a Bret Hart match. So yeah, I guess she made that decision for us, but uh, yes. it was a wise one. She's the EP. Like... She can, she controls all the content that I do. So, uh, rightly so. Um, it, it, it's very much a testament to Brett being ahead of his time, more or less, because I feel like Sean's style, and not to compare those two, like Sean is, is obviously awesome, but Sean's style probably got copied a little more over time, especially with wrestling moving towards sort of like yeah. a, a, a bit like a faster pace, maybe a little more on the spot heavy side. But you see stuff like that, you know, over two decades later and you realize how sustainable and timeless Brett's stuff is. And I, I touched on this briefly at the beginning, but like, I, I do want to bring it up now. It's a real shame that Brett got hurt for so many reasons, obviously, but strictly selfishly speaking from like a fan's perspective, we were robbed of seeing Brett. Like, can you imagine Brett wrestling a similar match against say Rey Mysterio on pay-per-view Without WCW, you know, screwing it up like a bunch of morons. Like, we saw Ray have fantastic matches with Eddie, uh, Dean Malenko, where, you know, like, D- Dean Malenko is actually, like, that match, I love that match. Maybe we'll review it for one of the shows. Um, where, you know, Dean kind of keeps it grounded and Ray does his his uh, flashy stuff. And I feel like I kind of wish we saw more of Brett against some of these, like, cruiserweight guys and lighterweight guys, because I really feel he could have... I mean, obviously, he, he has great matches with everybody. But because kind of, like, the blueprint for those matches is laid out by his match against uh, one two, three kid and you know, like, he's creative enough to make many changes, especially, if, you know, against guys like Ray and stuff like that. Uh, uh, it's, it's a shame that we never got to see that stuff, let alone, of course, you know... Kurt Angle and, and those guys later on, guys kind of his size who could go and are technical. So, yeah, that honestly, I, I left that match with, with that feeling. Like, it's such a shame we didn't get to see more of Bret Hart. Because when you really think about it, Bret was in the business forever. But his his run in the spotlight wasn't that long, really, especially when you factor in how WCW kind of butchered him. So, and even that, then we got to see plenty of just, like, fantastic timeless stuff that still looks so good. Like, dude, the sharpshooter, I mean, it, it's really a piece of art how he puts it on. It looks so good. I mean, and I'm not nothing. saying compared to The Rock, but... <laughs> oh, did I step on your toes with that joke? Yeah, I was going to say, it's nothing compared to The Rocks. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not... Yeah, that, that's not the, the low standards we're trying to hold him to. But... It just everything he does looks so great. Basically, is is what I'm trying to say. Did I mention I love Bret Hart? He's he's tremendous. Like yeah. his matches hold up incredibly well. And yeah, Sean. There's a lot of Sean influence nowadays. And I'm not saying all of it is is bad, but I do wish more people would take some influence from from Bret. Um, I want to say two things. Like Bret's look. The whole like the the hitman thing, the the shades, the the pink outfit, it was perfect for that time. Like it even looks good with like the WWE like uh, multicolored ropes before the Attitude Era shift. But he was still able to reinvent himself in the Attitude Era as a heel, and his run from 1996 pretty much all the way up to Montreal 
is just fantastic. Like up there with any, I like you can't find many wrestlers out of better, you know, a year and a half run or however long that was just absolutely fantastic. So he was able to fit in there. And then we're talking 25 years later or however long and guys, some of the, like one of the biggest stars in wrestling on his first match back is referencing uh, a match Brett had in 1994. Like that's sort of how good he is. And yeah, despite being perfect for that era in terms of look and in terms of like giving WWE some in-ring credibility, you know, after Warrior and Hogan and those guys, his matches just are, are pretty much up there with anything we've seen since. Um, I've heard somebody say, well, I can't remember who it was, like on, on some wrestling podcast, said something that I don't necessarily like agree with because I don't like like these dogmatic blanket statements when it comes to pretty much anything. But there is a little bit of truth to it. He said like, guys would be better off copying Bret Hart than Shawn Michaels nowadays. Or like more wrestling would be better off if more guys copied Brett than Sean. And obviously that's simplistic, you know, and it's, it's a false dilemma and all you don't have to make that choice, but there, like, I kind of get the sentiment behind that and, and sort of low key agree with it. I know, I know a lot of wrestlers, uh, FTR, um, they were, they were the revival in, in, in NXT. I don't know if you ever saw any of their matches against American Alpha. That might have been just after your yeah. NXT phase. Yeah. Um, but they're they're big, big proponents of, of Brett. And there's plenty of people who you know, nowadays like Brett Brett stuff has certainly aged better than Sean. I don't know if wrestling wrestling would be certainly to have an element uh, more of an element of realism to it if it was more Brett than, than Sean I don't have any issue with what Sean did. I still love a lot of his his matches. I think some of the the stuff that hurts nowadays is like people are just doing Shawn Michaels cosplay and they didn't realize what what actually made Sean great. And that was of course throwing backstage fits and going out there to just be the best and you know, doing doing all the stuff that, that he was doing at the time. Uh, and, like, him producing stuff. Like, he just made so many people, like, carbon copies of what he he does uh, in NXT. And I think that that is hurt to, to some to some regard. Like, I mean, you watch the, that, that NXT era where it was like, hey, let's do 500 ki- finisher kickouts. Like, that, that was just a lot of Sean Undertaker influence and those matches are, are fantastic some of my favorite matches of all time but you got to have the cachet to like pull all that stuff off and then once you keep repeating it repeating repeating it it, it gets a little outdated yeah i would I, I would two quick things about what you just said first of all sean definitely has like the larger great match uh, great match library in part because his career went on for longer, but he's, I mean, Sean has put on some absolutely, fa- like, my favorite match of all time is, is Sean and The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. So, you know, even though a couple of days ago I told you it was the Iron Man match at WrestleMania 12, <laughs> so I go back and forth on this one. But, like, Sean obviously is is phenomenal. But you're right that the, the Sean Undertaker sort of blueprint for modern wrestling has been just done to death at this point. And like you said, like there's so much that made that match what it was beyond the work itself, the, the setting, the stage, who these guys were, their cachet, their legacies, the rivalry. Like you can't just recreate that 
that easily. Like even the crowd reactions to every kick out. Like when when the Undertaker makes that tombstone tongue out pin, like nobody expected um, Sean to kick out. Like nobody, and so the crowd just went apeshit after that. And like even even the countout stuff, which by the way, like I, I actually remember the Sean. Um, Undertaker match went while watching the Punk match because when Punk hits the go to sleep and Darby lands outside, I love that Punk was just like, yeah, I'm just going to go chill in the corner. Like, I'll take the count out. That's kind of... I just forgot to mention that. I really like that uh, from Punk. It makes sense. Like, why not? You take the win. See, Um, I... I agree with you now in hindsight. I remember watching it when when I was there and I was like, oh, like, babyface CM Punk... And now, like again, rewatching, you mentioned the where he sits up and he gives that little cocky laugh and everything. This is another kind of like CM Punk's still sort of a dick here because, um, be, because yeah, and a clean cut babyface CM Punk would have just been like, hey, no, I'm not winning my first match back by count out. And this CM Punk, it showed a little bit of desperation, it showed a little bit of respect for Darby and everything, but he was also like, yeah, you know what? If I got to win by count out, fuck it. I'll, I'll win by count out. And that's sort of a heelish tactic by Punk. Yeah, it's pragmatic. It's almost heelishly pragmatic. Yeah. And But it made sense. Like, you know, he's coming back after seven years. Like, maybe he can't go as long. Like, for, you know, from a storytelling perspective, it, it made sense. Like, that was never actually going to be the finish. So, like, why not? Right. Um, Do you want to pick a match for next week? Or do you want to talk about that off air? Um, I actually like don't have anything. I told you, but probably not for next week. But at some point, I want like to revisit some ECW classics because mm-hmm. I haven't seen that stuff in forever. So maybe if you can think of a match that would like like a modern brawl or something that we could link to that, but we can discuss it more off air because I don't have like something quickly off the top of my head right now. We're we could, gonna... of course, go through every Brett, ma- uh, Brett match, but you know, <laughs> we're going to be watching against? a lot of current day CM Punk too. Uh, well, yeah, that's true. Actually, I don't mind that. Um, yeah, no, we we shouldn't take the Bret Hart podcast literally. I mean, I wish we could, but we shouldn't. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna watch uh, we're gonna watch Nick Gage against John Moxley. That's that's modern day ECW. They use pizza cutters, light tubes. Doors, glass panes. Okay, I wasn't talking about New Jack ACW. I was talking more like RVD, Jerry Lynn, stuff like that. But maybe the cruiserweights. But sure. Now we'll 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 talk off air about yeah. figuring out a match, and I'll put it on whatever match Samer picks. I'll probably put it on Twitter of like, hey, what do you guys think is a relatable match to this? You know, that's within the last you know four years or yeah. so. Um, before we wrap things up. When you were in one of your states, <laughs> I'm just going to read everybody. I'd like to put these on screen if I could. Uh, don't put them on screen. Some stuff, just read. You, you'll, you'll be able to filter out. I mean, I'm not thrilled about you reading them to begin with. Just don't put them on screen. You never know. It says in my Twitter profile that anything you say can and will be used as a bit. So... You know, you can't message me and not expect some of this stuff to make air, especially now if we're doing like podcasts and stuff together. Um, so when you were, were in one of your non-sober podcast states, you you binge watch Cobra Kai. You went through the whole season in like, I'm pretty sure one sitting. 
But during that... Oh, th- there's a quick power outage here. That's why the light... Or the Undertaker is going to show up. Yeah, I was about to say, is the Undertaker here? <laughs> My so, God. Sorry, that, that's, I mean, living in a third world country, that's what we get. I'm <laughs> recording this on my phone and powers off. It should be back in a minute. Sabu is, is going to show up. <laughs> Malachi. Malachi and Brody King are going to show up. AEW loves the lights out gimmick. So we're in, we're in good shape here. All right. So Sam uh, binge watch Cobra Kai, and he's seen it all and everything. We've talked about it plenty of times. He gets to the final couple of episodes. By the way, everybody, if you haven't seen Cobra Kai, I'll warn you now. If you haven't seen the this most current season of Cobra Kai, you are going to get spoilers. Yeah. If, if you're okay with that, that's fine. But you will be spoiled on the this this the season of Cobra Kai that just came out the, the other week. So if you don't want to be spoiled, feel free to mute the show. Feel free to, to turn it off. We've wrapped up. But it, my God, uh, <laughs> beeping. Uh, so we've wrapped up pretty much the, the wrestling portion of everything. We're just strictly talking about Cobra Kai now. You text me and you say, if you look at Cobra Kai as a wrestling show, it's perfect. Each episode doesn't have to be by itself, but the overall storylines are really good. By the way, you message the, you message each of these as singular. So I will put my phone down for like five minutes and then I'll come back and see, I have 20 messages from you. And I'm like, Oh, what the hell is that? <laughs> yeah, what I meant to say is not every every episode doesn't have to be great by itself. That's why, like, not every episode has to be by itself. So, okay. yeah. I'm glad, yeah. yes, please clarify some of these. Yeah, now that I'm sober, I can clarify some of this stuff. Yes. Uh, you continue. So they get away with these cliche storylines for side characters, and it's still acceptable because they're getting airtime. It's pretty smart. And you have the main eventers. They even had them fight point style, and it resulted in a double knockout, uh, LMAO. I totally expect a tag match at some point. Johnny and Daniel versus Kreese and Silver. Uh, they got Carrie Underwood to perform on the show. <laughs> that was tremendous. Dude, what the hell was that about? Like, like, <laughs> Dude, I really think they just like secured Carrie Underwood. Like, how do we write Carrie Underwood into this show? Like, but like, how, how did that even come about? Like, she, she probably knows one of like the producers or the writers or something and did it as a favor. Like, I, to me, that's the only explanation. That's, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, episode nine ends. Uh, okay, so you're, you're about to finish episode nine. The ref made the X signal when Miguel got hurt. The show is written by Marks. <laughs> Dude, they even did a tag match, like I said, intergender tag team match by the pool. They're doing tag team partners who don't like each other with Crease and Silver. Can they coexist? You have stables and people jumping ship, heel turns and face turns. Comic, you said coming relief. I assume that meant comic relief. Yeah, com- no, coming <laughs> relief was just like a, a half a minute. No, I won't, I won't make that joke. Uh, I meant comic relief, yes. Comic relief or fan favorites like Stingray, multiple injury angles, Cobra Kai are the heels, Miyagi Do faces, and Eagle, Fa- Eagle Fang, dumb name, as tweeners. Guys have cut, guys have cut promos on each other constantly. Uh, I'm telling you, it's the best wrestling on TV. Johnny even referenced Roddy Piper, which is true. You have even uh, you even have clear jobbers. Um, to, uh, Miguel might lose on a countout. Cobra Kai, this is wrestling. You have a guy hyping shit up in between the matches. He he lost on countout, but still he has uh, talking about Miguel. He lost on a countout so that he still has a claim to the title. Hashtag never lost. <laughs> This is 100% a wrestling show. You were very sold on the idea that this is a wrestling show. You reminded I mean, it was. me many times. 
Dude, yes, that, that tournament was WrestleMania, basically. The it whole really season was. was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. He didn't fight, not because of an actual back injury. It's because he lost his smile. <laughs> Dude, his back was okay, but he was just upset about life and decided to walk away. He lost his smile. A champion losing his smile and faking a back injury to avoid having to do the job. Never seen that before. <laughs> Everyone expected a Miguel versus Robbie babyface versus babyface rematch, but swerve it's Hawk versus Robbie shades of vengeance 2001. I'm calling Hawk Jericho. If he wins it all, I'm 100% sure they're ripping off old wrestling storylines. Miguel and Robbie are a bunch of spot monkeys. They're doing that lucha shit where they do the same moves at the same time to show they're evenly matched, and they end the spot with some superhero lantern. It's Will Ospreay versus Ricochet. Yes, I've seen that match actually in New Japan. Yes. <laughs> Uh, they tied her going to sudden death right as Hawk had a beat. So now if Robbie wins, Hawk keep its, keeps his heat. Uh, it's literally WrestleMania 9, best match ever. Or bet WrestleMania Whoa. 8. Oh, you said 12. 12. Oh, I'm bad with Roman numerals. 12. Oh, <laughs> I thought right. I was it high. Is... No, no, no. Yeah, I'm just really bad with Roman numerals. Uh, it's WrestleMania 12. Don't care what anybody else says. It's announced as the hype match. <laughs> what? Oh, but the hype man. It's announced by the hype man. Uh, yeah, because in WrestleMania before. 12, like we didn't know they would go to sudden death if, right. uh, if time expired. So, yeah, <laughs> Howard Finkel just announced it or whoever it was. The show is one ref bump away from being reports of uh, Robbie. <laughs> no, you can't that. say that. No, I'm not reading that. That one you can't, can't say. Yeah. Can't read that one. Robbie just took his gi off to show he means business. Jackknife powerbomb incoming. Crowd is popping huge and giving them applause before overtime started. I'm pretty sure this is a this is awesome chant was written off at the last moment. <laughs> Robbie had the one, the match one. I like how you always you spell it one is the number. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> but was distracted by the uh, by the smaller kid on the outside. Oldest finish in pro wrestling. Hawk going for a flying triangle is so dumb. This is a wrestling show, not MMA. If it were MMA, their limbs would randomly flash like X-rays. You know what that's referenced to, right? Yes, it never back down, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, like it never back down. Like you put somebody in an arm bar, and then like their limbs would flash like an extra. Like what's going on? Why? Yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, beat, uh, Silver beating of Stingray is shades of Triple H and Eugene feud. Now that Hawk is a babyface, they dropped the awesome Hawk noise before his entrance this season. Dumb move. That gimmick ruled. They brought it Dude. back when he took the gi off. They did? Yeah. Wait, because like they oh. show the Hawk tattoo. And so they, oh, they, they, they made a sound. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. I was too busy texting you, probably. <laughs> I was legit live texting that. Like it was. Uh, I know you were. <laughs> women's women's main event goes on last. The writers of this show are diversity. <laughs> uh, Sam versus Tori match incoming. Let's go. A conclusion to a great blood feud. Sam hugs it out with Stu Hart, who's ringside. <laughs> She's been training in a Japanese equivalent in the dungeon all her life. Announcer even gave Sam a nickname before the match, the Bonsai Badass. <laughs> this dude is Jim Ross. <laughs> no point, no point, out of bounds, the equivalent of foot on the rope. Sam went for the Oklahoma roll-up and got elbowed in the face. 
Chris is showing signs of turning babyface. This is just like wrestling in one week. You can break someone's arm, but then fight on the same side if you're both babyfaces. Chris randomly shows compassion and is pissed at Silver, despite Silver doing nothing but staying true to Chris's methods. Silver wants to open up Cobra Kai dojos everywhere. Bad move. The NWO was ruined once everyone joined. Eagle That's Fang true. is Eagle Fang. That is very true. Eagle Fang is basically the Wolf Pack. Now that I think about it, Sam is all John Cena after he lost to The Rock. You pop in <laughs> Johnny asking, "What's an Uber?" <laughs> Dude, Johnny being a boomer and not understanding anything about like. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's so obvious and the jokes are very ham-fisted but they're nonetheless funny like him being out of touch with everything and being an 80s guy it's that show dude that show rules i don't care what anybody says that show rules <laughs> silver didn't take a drink but crease did i suspect foul play is about to unfold crease gets framed for beating up stingray silver did it for the rock silver <laughs> Silver turns on Crease. I don't even have to come up with a pro wrestling analogy for that. It basically writes itself. Miguel is gone looking for Jose Lothario. (laughs) 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 And then you apologize because you were really high. That's true. You didn't even mention they paid off the ref. Oh, Silver dude, I wanted to text you about that. He, so they, they all, like, dude, I mean, Nick Patrick, it's it's literally Hulk Hogan yeah. and Nick Patrick. <laughs> D- this show is, rest, I'm telling you, it's written by Marx. What a great show. Honestly, it's the best wrestling I've watched in years, including Brett and whatever matches we watched today. It's a tremendous, tremendous fucking show. It's I mean, so if you're good. a wrestling fan, honestly, it's hard not to like the show. Truly. Yeah. If you just now, all kidding aside, if you just look at it as somewhat similar to wrestling, you'd enjoy it. Like they they managed to turn people faces not because they became better people, just because they got beat up by a bad guy. So now you're a face, you know. Kind Dude, of like, does that all the time. That's how Sasha Banks turns everybody. Exactly. Like that's how Triple H made everybody a baby face. Like Randy Orton became a baby face that way. Like it's whatever. Oh, yeah, have them heel beat him up. It works. Uh, yeah, everybody. Well, anytime we do this show, I'm sure by between shows, I 100% guarantee Samer will send me all of his high thoughts. I gotta, I gotta scroll back and find your booking of the Morris twins against the Jokic brothers. Oh my God, dude. Uh, that was a long Outrageous. Time outrageous shit. It's dumb that you can't, like, chat search on iMessage. Yeah, yeah. If anybody knows how to do that, please let me know so I can I can easier get back to these uh, texts. But I don't mind scrolling a little bit to, to find this stuff because that was, that was insane. But, yeah, assuming Samer sends me his, his long text threads when he is uh, on, on drugs and <laughs> has his crazy ideas, uh, I... If he's fine with it, we'll read him. We'll read him on the show. <laughs> uh, buddy Drew says, "Bravo to Sammer for this content. I'm dying." Uh, Drew, you fucking rule, buddy. Sammer, do you do you have anything to plug? You don't do anything. No one's gonna no, follow your, I, I, your I, work. I stopped doing anything over the internet. <laughs> like there was a time where I, I had plenty. Now I just I have real life to plug, and that's no fun. Yeah, Sammer's gonna help MLW against WWE. That'll be that'll be good. I don't know what MLW is, but sure. (laughs) 
most people don't. That's fine. Uh, if you want to, you can follow Samer on Twitter at samrkady88. Uh, if you want to follow him, he's tagged and everything. You can, you can. All you tweet about is like soccer and soccer. That's like it. Yeah, true. It used to be more fun when when I would watch MMA regularly because there would be a lot of dumb shit to tweet about. But then you made me take out the MMA from my Twitter handle, and <laughs> those tweets are gone forever. Uh, our buddy J.K. Shaw also decided to catch up on this later uh, and excited for this new look and logo. Smart idea to buy out Tim and Joel's contracts. Yes. Uh, Tim and Joel show is going to be on this channel. we got a lot of cool stuff coming up on this channel. I guess I can announce some things. I'll do it here. Uh, that way all the, all the pals in the chat here will, will be the first to hear this news before I post this on Twitter in the coming days. Um, assuming assuming everything is, is good, maybe I should not announce fully everything. I'll, annou- I'll announce this one because I want to make sure everything else is good. Uh, SP3 and myself will be doing a bi-weekly show on Friday mornings, 8.30 a.m. because I'm up that early. Uh, I'm up at like 6. So we're going we're gonna to be doing a show 8.30 a.m. Eastern time, talking like television and, and, and basketball. A lot of television, a lot of basketball. Not so much on the wrestling side. SP3 does a million wrestling podcasts where you can check his workout. I'm going to be doing plenty of, of wrestling content and talking wrestling. So we're going to talk not that stuff. So that'll be bi-weekly, 8.30. The first episode is tomorrow. We will be doing that tomorrow. We'll have some some pals pop on and, and talk uh, basketball and television with us as well. There, yeah, Joel has mentioned he has a schedule coming, finalizing stuff with the contributors. Joel, I have more to add to that schedule because I have uh, acquired some contributors as well. But we've we've got a lot of a lot of good people contributing to to the new channel, the the revamped channel, I guess. So hopefully there'll be something for everybody, and hopefully everybody checks out the the various stuff. That we, what are you doing? Why'd you just turn your camera off? No, no, my f- uh, I'm I'm recording this from my phone, and someone called, so I had to. Oh. Uh, yeah, nobody's calling you. Is that Bruce? Was Bruce calling? No, that's Kenny Omega calling. Okay, <laughs> you need to tell that before we. No, 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 no. I like the idea that people just think Kenny Omega is calling you. Yeah, I like that. Idea. That really was Kenny Omega, though. No, okay, I believe you. All right, so go go chat with Kenny Omega. Have have, have fun. Uh, get an update. Ho- hopefully, things are well there. Guys, thank you guys for joining us. Appreciate y'all. This is not going to be like a regularly scheduled type of, of program. This is going to just kind of be whenever Samer, Samer, he mentioned it. He lives in a third world country. He has a shoot job that is way more important than talking to me for an hour a day. So whenever we kind of get the time to, to do stuff, then we will we'll record. And there won't be a ton of like notice of when we're going to go live, but we're going to make this a, a fairly regular thing. Uh, yeah, leave a thumbs up as Ricardo says. We appreciate all the support. Hopefully you guys stick with us with all this content we have coming. We got plenty of content coming, everybody. We'll talk to y'all later on. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.